It's the Flying Dutchman. Eugene Krabs, your time has come. I'm not Eugene Krabs. I'm, uh, Harold. Harold, uh, Flower. Oh, sorry. I must have the wrong room. Uh, excuse me, nurse. Yes? I'm looking for Eugene Krabs. Oh, he's in that room right there. No, that's Harold Flower's room. Harold Flower? So, Krabs, you thought you could fool the Flying Dutchman. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you aboard to another episode. But before we get into the SpongeBob episode today, I'd like to make a bit of a call to arms for all of you on the Ready crew. And let me just make one thing clear. If you are a listener of any of my podcasts, if you are a watcher of any of my videos, if you are a fan of anything Captain Eric makes, then I consider you a part of the Ready crew. There's no payment plan or anything like that. This is a ship that you can literally come aboard anytime and leave at any point in time. And just know, anytime you want to come back, Onto the ship, there's going to be more content from Captain Eric to be found. So uh, when I when I say that, I don't I don't want to make any sort of distinction. If you're a first time listener, is me having some sort of like Patreon that you pay to be a part of the Ready Crew or any sort of YouTube subscription? Nope. It's just anybody who considers themselves a fan. Uh, I don't even want to think about any of that stuff until down the road, down the line, that I, I try to turn the stuff I make, the content I make, into a career. Which, which I'm always trying at, but this isn't, this isn't for that. But I do have a call to arms for those of you on the Ready Crew. Out of all of the aspects of content creation that there are, by far the part that I have the worst grasp on is that of self-promotion. I have so much trouble trying to share my own content around on like specialized groups, on social media, places like Facebook and Reddit. Um, it seems like whenever there's a, a large congregation of people that you would think, hey, they might become fans of the work I'm putting out, you're also finding yourself in a place where self-promotion or, or placing your own work up is just frowned upon. And then when you do find places that you are allowed to, to self-promote, there's so many others doing so, it's just hard to get an edge out. So essentially, if you are a listener of any of my, my podcasts, if you watch any of my videos, if you consider yourself even 1% of a fan of Captain Eric. If you could do me a favor and please find any of my podcasts on your podcast platform of choice, um, whether or not it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, if you find I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, or if you could please look up This Week in Nickelodeon History, give those podcasts a nice review and I'm not even going to tell you whatever star specifically. I want you to be honest. I want you to be fully transparent in your thoughts. And if they are completely just negative without any constructive criticism, then uh, those I don't want to hear. But, hey, if you have some constructive criticism, I'm always open for that stuff. I, I do want to improve as a, a podcast host, as an entertainer. This is what I enjoy doing. And from some of your kind messages, this is also something you enjoy hearing. So... Uh, if you do enjoy what I put out, uh, finding those podcasts on your service of choice, leaving them a review, uh, commenting on them, and if you could 
find my YouTube page, the Captain Eric YouTube channel. The link is always in the podcast descriptions. Uh, finding that, subscribing to it, and and bell or not, regardless, all of that helps out in such a big way. Even if you don't watch any of the videos, just being a subscriber, letting me know that you're there and that you support uh, by that number growing is is what just brings a smile to my face. It literally doesn't take me much to, to feel satisfied with this, but I've been feeling a little down in the last few weeks, I'm not going to lie, um, but as I've always said, this is a passion project of mine, not anything I'm going to abandon, so even if there's only 10 of you out there for the, for the entirety of the run of SpongeBob SquarePants who want to listen to my thoughts on the show, well then welcome, I appreciate you being here, and, and let's continue on to this week's episode which is Born Again Crabs, the first half of the 56th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiered on January 28th, 2003, on a DVD release. Can you believe this? I, I, this is not one of the, the first episodes that we've run into that had its premiere on a, on a released DVD before it did on television. But if you happen to have owned Tales from the Deep, you were able to watch Born Again Crabs nine months before its official premiere on Nickelodeon on October 4th, 2003. But even uh, crazier, almost a year earlier on November 12th, 2002 is when this premiered in Canada, which is just incredibly interesting to see how different channels, different regions handle these, these episodes. It, it took almost a year later before that same episode premiered, premiered in the United States. Our writers for this episode are Paul Tibbet, Ken Osborne, and Meriwether Williams. Our storyboard artists are Chuck Klein, Carson Kugler, and Caleb Muner, also William Reese. I don't know why I made it seem like there was only three there. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbet and Ken Osborne. Our animation director is Tom Yasumi, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. This episode, Born Again Crabs, which... Its name there is a playoff of the term born-again Christian, which if you're not familiar with that, depending on where you are in the world or you've never heard that phrase before, at least in America, when somebody mentions that they are a born-again Christian, usually what that means is that later in their life, they then turned to the religion Christianity and usually symbolizing their little ritual of baptism at an older age, you are now then born again. Oh, now I'm I'm almost living my life anew now, so it's just a fresh start. Um, so when you hear that term, born-again Christian, it usually means somebody later in life joined that religion. So that's a little play on here, born-again crabs. And this episode deals primarily with the worst aspect of Mr. Krabs, bar none, the worst part of that character, and, and pretty much his main trait in that Mr. Krabs has an immense amount of of greed, which we're just going to talk about for one second, and, and Captain Eric's thoughts on greed in general. Other than not liking just greed in general, what I don't like is when, when we talk about greed in our society, a lot of people hear that word and immediately think that you are against those who are wealthy or those who are seeking wealth or those who are well off. And when I say, no, 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 I am against greed, what I am talking about is very specifically the act of not knowing when enough is enough. 
that has nothing to do with being wealthy. You can be wealthy and not be greedy. You can be well off and not be greedy. You can have more money than all of your friends or your family and not be a greedy person. That is possible. Because there are certainly greedy people who have no money. There's greedy people out there who have not a cent to their name. It is not a level of wealth. It is a mentality that you just need more. There's never going to be enough. You know, you ever take a bath and uh, you fill the water up in the bathtub to a certain level because either you have a drain stoppage or the bathtub can only take a certain amount of water. Well, someone who's greedy doesn't know when to shut that faucet off or they just choose not to or they know it's overflowing, but they just want more. That exactly is what I don't like. That is exactly what I'm against in this world is the act of greed, not wealthy people. I don't look at somebody who has more money than me and I get angry at them because of that. But if I see someone out there who has more money than me and are also greedy, yeah, that's upsetting. And it's not the level of wealth, it's the mentality that I'm against. I'm also against that even if it's somebody who has less money than me. So the whole point is that your bank account or that number means nothing to me. But if you are a person out there who has a, a just exceptionally greedy mentality, we're all greedy to a certain level. But once that greed is now harming or taking advantage of other people, uh, that's that's where Captain Eric draws the line. And Mr. Krabs, of course, as a character, has shown time and time again just how greedy he is and can be. And this episode is one of the worst examples of it. This is this is by far, if you wanted to, to point to somebody in the direction of, you know, the worst traits of Mr. Krabs and how to watch him, you would just show him this episode of Born Again Krabs. Uh, I'm not even saying that as a negative. I know I have this big negative outlook on greed. Um, and certainly, you know, this episode just shows the worst of that. But I, I don't think by far this makes this a bad episode. I don't want anybody to misconstrue my negativity over Mr. Krabs and his mentality over my, you know, feelings of this episode. But when we start this episode out, we are shown that there has been a Krabby Patty sitting under the stove of the Krusty Krab for who knows how long. Enough time to take that Krabby Patty and make it visibly moldy and disgusting. And while SpongeBob has no problem tossing that patty out, a security system that Mr. Krabs has installed warns him anytime a food item of sorts gets tossed out and in comes running Mr. Krabs to take a look at this nasty, old, disgusting patty that we're told is only going to cost Mr. Krabs, if he throws it out, it's only going to cost him... 5.2 cents, so a little bit over a nickel is what it's going to cost him to throw that out. Now, mind you, for who knows how long that Krabby Patty has been sitting under that stove, it, it's it been away. It hasn't been sold. It's been a missing product. He He's already been missing the five cents. But Mr. Krabs, of course, being as greedy as he is in this situation especially, does not want to throw away five cents wants to sell that Krabby Patty and demands SpongeBob that he is not going to make a single new Krabby Patty until this one is sold to a customer. 
which is, to say the least, simply bananas. I mean, when you look at this thing, it's it's visibly disgusting. I mean, it's almost on par just on the patty alone. It's almost on par with the nasty patty. And just remember all of the steps they had to go through to get that to look as disgusting as it did. This one has just been sitting under the, uh, the stove for all this time. Now, SpongeBob is a good employee, and he does what he's told, and kudos to him for trying, but also at the same time. I just want to say out there, if you are working in the food industry, and your boss tells you to sell something that you know is 100% bad, you know that food is spoiled, you know that it's old, just because you're boss tells you to serve that if you know in full conscience that it is not healthy to serve you don't you just don't uh watch you lose your job over not selling uh spoiled food watch how that is going to play out in any sort of scenario with uh, a chain restaurant or even if it happens to be a mom and pop shop uh keep your proof to yourself take pictures and just know that there is not a governing body over the food industry that's going to not have your back in that situation. A health inspector, OSHA, whoever you have to get involved, um, yeah, don't do that. As somebody who buys food from restaurants, yeah, don't do that. Or at the least, if you have to do it to people who just truly, undeniably deserve it, keep it to them. For, for all of us regular Joe Schmoes out there who just order food, we're not here to cause trouble— yeah, don't don't mess with our food. Don't give us moldy stuff. Don't don't bring it out like that. That's that's disgusting. Uh, but I can only imagine out there there are certainly uh, Mr. Krabs level bosses of mom and pop restaurants. Maybe not chain restaurants where they where easily can be replaced. But if you're looking at a restaurant or or a bar that is self owned and and a person in a position of power is in no jeopardy of just losing their job. They can let things go by the wayside, and they could cut corners like this. So I've seen enough of kitchen nightmares and bar rescue to know that places that are self-owned are the ones that are going to cut those corners the most. And you're going to find yourself a lot of people with that Mr. Krabs-level mentality. Oh, we have old food? Nah, just serve it to the people. I've seen this. I've seen it happen. Maybe not uh, that specifically where they find a gray patty under a, a stove and they pull it out and serve it. But I'm sure those of you who have watched programs like that can think of those moments where they're watching in the beginning of the episode to see how the restaurant or the bar acts without any sort of supervision or, or before the host walks in. They'll be taping these places and inevitably they'll see something. Gordon or John Taffer, shout out to, to JT by the way. Um, they'll be watching on their on their devices and they'll watch the managers or the cooks. They'll do something that just is above and beyond disgusting, upsetting to make the host walk into the, the restaurant. And I know for some people they see that and they go, well, this is reality television. It's all plants. It's not fake. Well, regardless on what is going on in that exact episode in that moment, just know that those kind of corner cutting, cost cutting measures, that level of laziness is happening all over the place. And it doesn't take much for somebody to be a Mr. Krabs, especially with a food situation where you're just, we're making money on this, get it out to the customer, they'll eat, whatever. Out of sight, out of mind. But in this situation, it backfires heavily on Mr. Krabs. So he puts this rule on SpongeBob, 
that he is not going to sell a single Krabby Patty until he sells this one. We do get to see one customer taking a sniff at this burger and then running away. And then we are told that weeks have gone by where they have not had any customers because the only burger that they're willing to hand to people is this terrible, disgusting, moldy burger. And Mr. Krabs, think about this for a second. He is so greedy. It has completely blinded him to the fact that because of a little over a nickel, he has lost out on three weeks or two to three weeks of sales because of five cents. And and right there, I, I don't need any other evidence to point to where the the mindset of greed could often cloud a good judgment and where that level of greed is then now ironically blocking you from making more money in the long run. Here we have a, a plain as day situation where the, the greediness of wanting to sell this one thing has completely blocked off weeks of, uh, of profits for the Krusty Krab. Now, once this is brought to his attention that it's literally because of this burger, Mr. Krabs decides to just throw it all against the wind and to prove to everybody that this is a, a good burger. This is this is not a moldy, bad burger. It's a good one. We get this whole little gag here where uh, SpongeBob has the burger now in a, a little cage because it's it's grown sentient and has started growling at people, which... It's kind of funny because if you know mold and mold growing on things, I mean, that essentially is is a living organism. Uh, the mold isn't certainly going to make your food growl at you, but it is, uh, it's not something fun to look at. But I, I like that here, that the burger has gotten so moldy that it's, it's actually just become a sentient creature of sorts. But Mr. Krabs is not at all deterred from this growling and decides to move forward and take a single bite of this burger. We get a bit of a uh, a trick right as he is about to put the patty in his mouth. We get a cutaway to an ambulance immediately where you're thinking, oh, Mr. Krabs was just then immediately taken away in an ambulance. But in fact, the ambulance is just driving by the, the Krusty Krab before he even takes the, the single bite. But then he does take that one bite of the burger and, as expected, ends up in the hospital Laying on a gurney, completely green, uh, definitely gained some food poisoning from that one bite he took, and demands that SpongeBob save the rest of that patty for him. He is not wasting a single penny over there at the restaurant. After he wakes up, he looks a little bit better, and the doctor is there to, to welcome him back and looks at his charts before completely screaming and running away as he's looking at Mr. Krabs's uh, current health update. And whatever he saw must have been the, the worst case scenario, which I can only imagine being death because right as the doctor screams and runs out of the room, in comes in one of my favorite SpongeBob characters ever and one of my favorite guest stars. I, I think I've even said he is my favorite guest star. And I will continue making that statement today. My favorite guest star of SpongeBob SquarePants, Mr. Brian Doyle Murray as the Flying Dutchman. I absolutely love Brian Doyle Murray. He is the brother of Bill Murray, who you might know from uh, such various movies as Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, and Groundhog Day, the last of which features Brian Doyle Murray as the mayor of Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, in one of my very favorite film roles of his, that in his role of uh, the boss 
of Clark Griswold in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, I will never not sing the praises of Brian Doyle Murray and uh, all of the roles I love him in. There's really nothing that warms my heart more than when uh, an actor or a celebrity gets handed a guest role on a cartoon and they just fall in love with that role so much that they just continually do it each and every time. Um, I, I think of the amount of times that Chris Kirkpatrick would come back to play someone like Chip Skylark in The Fairly Odd Parents, and he doesn't need to do that, but he's probably enjoyable to work with and then wants to. And comes back over to Brian Doyle Murray, who doesn't need to be voicing the Flying Dutchman on some cartoon for Nickelodeon, but I imagine not only loves doing it so much, but you can tell they loved working with him for the amount of times the Flying Dutchman would continually show up. I mean, you think this character might only show up during Halloween-centric episodes, but nope, they find other means to feature this character because I have to imagine working with Brian just must be such a pleasure for them, and he just must come in with such energy for this role. And and this is no doubt another great episode for the Flying Dutchman, but he shows up in Mr. Krabs' room because Mr. Krabs is, in fact, dead. He died due to that Krabby Patty, and it's time for his soul to be collected from the Flying Dutchman and for Mr. Krabs to spend eternity inside of Davy Jones's locker. And it is certainly due to Tom Kenny's improv in the Rocco's Modern Life episode, uh, Fish and Chumps over Davy Jones's locker and how all of the other monkeys have their own lockers that I can't hear Davy Jones's locker without laughing to myself. It literally, like, I just, I can't. It makes me makes me laugh thinking about that uh that entire recording of Tom Kenny. The term Davy Jones's locker, for those that don't know, is a metaphor for the bottom of the sea, the state of death among drowned sailors and shipwrecks. It's a euphemism for drowning or shipwrecks breaking apart and landing down all the way to Davy Jones's locker. Uh, the origins of the name Davy Jones who is also known as the Sailor's Devil, are unclear, with the only connection being a 19th century dictionary tracing Davy Jones to a ghost of Jonah. But either way, I, I always love how in media and cartoons the, the Davy Jones's locker concept is then always just turned into a physical locker with Davy Jones's name on it. I it, It's just a concept... Uh, and an execution of a joke that'll always make me laugh, along with the connection to Rocco. I, I have a weird mind, as you can tell. It, it has weird connections when I see things, and, and this is one of them. Uh, but he brings him to Davy Jones's locker. Mr. Krabs, of course, is not ready to die, and does what any one of us would really do in that situation. We might beg for our lives back if we weren't already accepting of our fates. Uh, Mr. Krabs, of course, is not really an accepting kind of person over this, and just completely begs for his life back, cries to the Flying Dutchman. And the Dutchman at first isn't having any of this, which I got to imagine you're running into a lot of fish who uh, who are not ready to have their souls taken. Uh, which, by the way, I do have to make one distinction here. The soul of Mr. Krabs is only going to the Flying Dutchman because of the life that Mr. Krabs has led. His greed has gotten so out of control to the point that, yes, all of these bad deeds he has done has meant that his soul now belongs to the Flying Dutchman. But when Mr. Krabs begs for his life, something clicks in for the Flying Dutchman to maybe release a little bit more of his sentimental side as he gives Mr. Krabs a second chance at life. But 
on his return to the living world, he makes a promise to the Flying Dutchman that he will no longer be greedy and that he will live a life of generosity. And Mr. Krabs completely agrees to do so. Coming back to the Krusty Krab is a completely reborn Mr. Krabs, hence the name Born Again Krabs. He has a new lease on life, and it's not about being greedy and just hoarding as much as you can. It's now the complete opposite. It's about giving out as much as you can, which to me is not the answer here. I mean, the Flying Dutchman was just telling Mr. Krabs to not be greedy. That doesn't mean you just have to give things out. Everything has to be for free. And that also just goes hand in hand with this misconception that greed also must mean being wealthy or being profitable. You can still run a business like the Krusty Grab. You can still make a profit, but you just also don't have to be greedy alongside of that. There is a possibility here. Mr. Krabs didn't have to just go haywire here because what we end up seeing is the generous side of Mr. Krabs is just as extreme as the greedy side of Mr. Krabs. He's not only giving away free food at the Krusty Krab now, he's giving away free toys to kids. He's giving away free movie viewings to people of movies that aren't even in theaters, which I got to imagine the amount of money it takes to purchase the rights to those are just astronomical. I mean, that's like Amazon when they go in and they purchase the, the rights to a movie from a studio, which their intention was to release it in theaters, but Amazon then buys the rights and then they air it on their own network. Uh, if somebody is saying, hey, this isn't even in theaters and Mr. Krabs is airing it in the Krusty Krab, then I got to imagine that Mr. Krabs spent the money to purchase the rights to that film and instead of waiting, just decided, eh, we're airing it in the Krusty Krab today. That is absolutely incredible. Even beyond his generosity in a financial sense, he is generous in a boss sense, in the fact that he is allowing Squidward to take pretty much uh, an hours-long employee break in the new employee lounge, which is a converted office that Mr. Krabs had, which it isn't really changed much other than the fact that it now houses a bed for Squidward to sleep in. And this is just the other aspect of, of Mr. Krabs and, and his whole generous side. You don't have to... Be a, a greedy person to also be an efficient boss. Um, as someone who has held some management positions, uh, and, and not perfectly, I'm not saying I am a perfect boss whatsoever, but, you know, you can be nice to your employees and give them extra break time while also still maintaining a, a business. Letting your employees just go off for hours on end on breaks just because you're a nice guy isn't really helping you out. It's not helping your employee out, especially if you're paying him for that. That's just extremely counterproductive. So he's throwing all this money at the wall, wasting his employees' time. Hey, the customers are happy. I'll give him that. The place is packed and everybody is stoked, which, I mean, I would be too if, if a local restaurant was just giving out free food and, hey, here's a free toy and a free movie that is months away from being in theaters uh, I, I would want to show up, and I would I would have a smile on my face, but once Mr. Krabs receives the bill for everything, he finally gets the credit card bill of everything he has spent, goes through all the money, the $10,000, the $20,000, oh, this is no problem. It's water under the bridge for Mr. Krabs because he has a new lease on life, but what we end up finding out is that Mr. Krabs this entire time doesn't really believe that he is out of the hospital, 
living his life. He doesn't believe that the Flying Dutchman actually just gave him his life back. That must have been such an unbelievable occurrence for him that Mr. Krabs fully believes that uh, he's actually just still in a coma in the hospital and that he's dreaming and that all of this giving is just a part of his dreams. It's not actually happening because he, he knows he wouldn't really act like this. But once SpongeBob and Squidward fully convinced Mr. Krabs that he is in fact not in the hospital and that he is alive and that he is being this generous and he does owe this astronomical amount of money for all that he has spent, he completely goes haywire and just not only extreme in the other direction, but steps on the brake on the greed department. He takes back every piece of food he's given out. He's taken away every toy. He has somehow gained the ability to rip a movie that you've watched away from your mind. Like, he not only just stops the movie and this customer of watching it, he presses the button again and somehow the TV is now able to suck away the movie that this customer has just enjoyed. Uh, that is absolutely insane. And you would think, man, how could you go one step above this in the absolutely insane department? Mr. Krabs just says, bet, and almost rips the arm off of a customer over a penny that was on the ground. Now, once this happens, the Flying Dutchman reinserts himself into the picture to point and laugh at Mr. Krabs, fully knowing that there would be no way that he would stop his greedy behavior. And now he was going to have to spend eternity inside of Davy Jones's locker. Now, of course, he tries crying and pleading again, but man, you've had this chance. You you had your moment to, to change things and you, you didn't take advantage of it. SpongeBob steps in for Mr. Krabs, as he usually does, to tell the Flying Dutchman that he has the wrong Mr. Krabs and that he's not as greedy as he thinks. Now, this whole exchange right here of the Flying Dutchman and SpongeBob, I absolutely love when the Flying Dutchman turns around and who dares backsass me and SpongeBob just pronounces me, SpongeBob backsass pants. It's one of the top 10 best like little SpongeBob moments, his little one-liner moments that he's had that I can think of, but he steps up to the Flying Dutchman and lets him know that that man in your hands is not as greedy as you think. And SpongeBob places his soul up in a bet up against the Flying Dutchman to prove once and for all that Mr. Krabs is just as greedy as he thinks he is. The Flying Dutchman turns over to Mr. Krabs and offers him all of the money in his pocket in exchange for SpongeBob. What would he rather have? And of course, without question, Mr. Krabs asks, well, how much money are we talking about in your pocket? Now, because legitimately, that is a, a decent question to ask because you got to know all the variables before you make a decision like that. And I know some of you are thinking already, wait a minute, Captain, you're saying that you would put up the soul of a friend or a family member in exchange for an amount of money. And I would say... It depends on the friend or family member that we're talking about, and it also depends on how much. I'm also just kidding. I would never do that. There's there's not there's not a person I know that I'd be able to sit through the rest of my life knowing, oh man, I have this money in exchange for that person. I, I wouldn't be able to enjoy that money. But Mr. Krabs wants to find out, and what he is told is that the Flying Dutchman has 62 cents in his pocket, and Mr. Krabs immediately accepts that money. SpongeBob is now taken by the Flying Dutchman away 
For 30 seconds exactly, and in that time, Squidward completely accosts Mr. Krabs for selling SpongeBob for 62 cents. It it pretty much confirms it that I think there is an amount of money that Squidward would trade SpongeBob for, or at least it would be a reasonable amount for Squidward to not kind of disapprove of. You know, like if, if it was a million dollars, I'm sure Squidward would not say a single word after SpongeBob was taken away. But 30 seconds after he's taken... Mr. Krabs breaks down, realizing the mistake he has made. And SpongeBob is now returned to Mr. Krabs, but not at his own request, not because he was crying and pleading that he wished he could have had SpongeBob back for 62 cents, but because in the 30 seconds that he was gone, SpongeBob was so annoying to the Flying Dutchman that he just decided to bring him back, which then lands the episode on a bit of this awkward note where Mr. Krabs has to apologize to SpongeBob for trading him away for pocket change, and SpongeBob kind of awkwardly going like, well, you did it for the Krusty Krab, I would have done that too, to which then Mr. Krabs just kind of like, you know, wants a, just a, really? Like, you, you would do that? And SpongeBob then reclaims no, and they laugh it off, end of the episode, end of Born Again Krabs. I do like this episode. There are some genuinely funny jokes here to be found, but just stacking up, the level of jokes in this episode up against what we've had thus far in season three. It's a tough order to be found, but I like this episode where we do get to see a little bit of Mr. Krabs and his generous side. For as short of a time as it is, it's still nice to see. I wish he didn't go that extreme and was able to kind of just tone back his greed, but then we wouldn't have an episode. There wouldn't be an engaging story if the character was able to write things in the right way instead of write them in the wrong way because that causes conflict and that is then an episode of Spongebob Squarepants, a conflict that we have to solve. I really do enjoy this one. It, it's not anywhere near my top 10. I honestly think just in the terms of season three, this might fall on the lesser end of the season. But if you love this episode, let me just reiterate, even the worst episode of season three is still a fantastic episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. So uh, when I when I say that this would be on a, on a lesser end of the season, I don't want you to think of like, this is just a completely negative statement on this episode. No, I have so many positive things to say, but I, I just have a feeling this may this may skew towards the, the lower end. But that is going to be it for this week's episode of I'm Ready. Thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. You can reach Captain Eric at spongepodpodcast at gmail.com. Seriously, if you guys have any SpongeBob questions, comments, anything for the captain you want me to read out on the air, you can send me an email. I will certainly check it out. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast. So one word, I'm Ready Podcast. And on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. So just straight up, if you were looking up on Instagram, SpongeBob Podcast, that's where you're going to find Captain Eric. Please check out my other podcast, This Week in Nickelodeon History, dropping every single Sunday on most major podcast platforms, including YouTube. And don't forget, on that note, to subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, where you can also hit the bell for notifications anytime I put something out. You can also purchase new and updated merch at the Redbubble link, either in the podcast description or from the link on any of my socials. Anything, any amount of money that I make from my projects goes right back into my projects. And I can't even begin to tell you how much I appreciate you guys. As always, for all of you, please stay safe. 
be kind to one another, and come aboard again next week to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Look, Squidward, money! Mr. Krabs, I can't believe I'm saying this, but how could you trade SpongeBob for 62 cents? You think I could have gotten more? 